Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Amen. You can go ahead and take your seats. Amen. And, and look at your neighbor and tell them the Lord is going to speak to you tonight. Amen. Again, we're, we're on the health. We're on the theme there uh, uh, with the health. So tonight, I'm going to be talking about having the mind of Christ. I mean, you know, you, you, in order to have good health physically and spiritually, you have to have the right mind. Amen. You have to have the right mind. Because a lot of times just thinking it doesn't mean you have the right mind. I mean, there's a lot of people that say, uh, I'm skinny, I'm skinny, I'm skinny. But then you look at the mirror, you're not skinny. Amen. <laughs> so we need to think right. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 16. And then I'm going to read Romans chapter eight, uh, verse six. First Corinthians two sixteen says, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him It says, but we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. And then Romans 8, 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. And it says, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now, Father. I pray I step aside, strengthen my body, Lord. And Lord, let me just flow, God. You flow through me tonight, my God, to minister your word, God, the way you placed it in my heart, Father. Let our hearts be open, God, and let us continually understand we have to renew our mind daily, on a daily basis, Father, that way we can be uh, uh, understand where you're guiding us and where you're taking us as individuals, Father. And we're careful to give you all the glory the honor and the praise and everyone said amen and amen how many know many of us deal with difficult issues on a daily basis whether it's problems uh, in our relationships or maybe our children or maybe your employment uh, uh, and a lot of times it can be mentally draining how many could say amen and when we're not spiritual how many know I mean it depletes you All of a sudden, you got headaches. All of a sudden, you got migraines. All of a sudden, you don't want to get out of bed because you're depressed. See, I told you the Lord was going to speak to you tonight. Come on now. Amen. And so we deal with this. And as Christians, we have the advantage of having the Holy Spirit in us to provide direction and peace of mind in difficult times. It says here that, that from, from when we get saved, how many know the Holy Spirit comes in us? We're not the old no more. That's what we struggle with because some of you don't want to let go of the old. Amen. So having a healthy mind is the key to your overall health and well-being because a healthy mind includes emotional, psychological, and, and social well-being and affects how you feel and how you think and how you act. If you don't have a spiritually strong mind, when you don't feel like coming to church, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to come to church. When you don't have a spiritually strong mind, when you don't feel like praying, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to pray. When you don't have a spiritually strong mind, when it comes to the offering and the tithes, you're not going to give. 
See, it works in unity with your body and influence how you handle stress, amen? Uh, that's what our mind does. Our, our mind functions and, and, and it deals with and it sends signals to the rest of our body. That's why some of you are struggling here because you just want to function in, in the fleshly mind. But in order to have a healthy body, again, we're not talking physically. We're talking spiritually, See, some of you just went, whoo, because your body's like, you know, we won't go there. That's another message, amen. But, you know, so we have the Holy Spirit in us. So that means we have the ability to have the mind of Christ, just like the scripture I opened with. So it is necessary to understand why the mind of Christ is important to believers. We have something that the scripture said that if we know him, then we can understand his mind. We have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. When you accepted Christ, all of a sudden, now we're able to have the mind of Christ. But the question is, are you doing what's necessary to understand what he wants from us? A lot of us, were serving the Lord, and we, I don't know what God's called me to do because uh, some days you have the mind of Christ, and then on other days, you don't want to have the man, mind of Christ. Don't start getting mad. We're just starting, amen? Vince Lombardi said this. He's a famous football coach. They say he's the greatest coach there ever was. He says, the good Lord gave you a body that can stand almost anything. It's your mind you have to convince and then he also said, winning is not a sometime thing, it's an all-time thing. You don't do things right once in a while, you do them right all the time. And in order to have a spiritual mind, how many of you know, we, we got we to gotta think right all the time. Well, I got quiet here, huh? How many know, we got to think right all the time. If you want a spiritual mind, you got to think right. The average brain weighs about three pounds. The average brain. Some here have bigger heads, so your brain's probably bigger than three pounds, amen? <laughs> now, why are you looking at the person with the big head? Don't front them out like that, man. <laughs> Says it weighs about three pounds. It contains 12 billion cells. That's a lot. 12 billion cells. Each one of those cells is connected to 10,000 other brain cells, totaling 120 trillion brain connections. Just in this little three pounds, for some five pounds, for some eight pounds, it don't matter. Amen. But 120 trillion brain connections. That means he's given us a lot to think about. But we, we don't like using our mind. It's better if somebody points and tells us what to do. I mean, no, we, we got to learn to think. If we want the mind of Christ, we have to learn to think for ourselves. The brain is not only the most complex mechanism in the world, it's the most influential organ in your body. It accounts for your ability to think. Some of you don't like thinking, oh, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. No, the goal is when we get saved that now we know the word of God and then we start thinking for ourselves. How do I develop thinking habits? Learn to read, buy books. Oh, but I don't, I don't, I, it doesn't matter what you're not, where you're at now. When I first started reading, I hated it. I, I, and I, I can't read this stuff. I don't even know how to read. You know, I, I would stutter. And I, you would hear me say that all the time, all the drugs I did, you know. I know I don't look like it now. I look all innocent, right? <laughs> but I had to start learning how to read. Now I, I got so many books, I love to read. But in the beginning, it was, no, I just read Bible characters. Paul, the murderer, the killer. 
right? David, you know, Peter. And then my leader started saying, you got to read more. And what were they trying to do? They were trying to get me to read because it, it was developing muscles in my brain. It was allowing me to start thinking. Don't just come to church and say, oh, I'm going to hear what the pastor says or what the minister says, and that's good. No, search the word. Think, amen. Okay, was that correct what they preached? Don't just think, okay, everybody comes. And no, sometimes some people say things that are not biblical. You know, I know we don't have it in our church, amen. <laughs> but think, it also accounts for your ability to remember. When you have the mind of Christ, you remember the good things, not the bad things. When you don't have the mind of Christ, all you do is remember the bad things. Oh, God, I tried to serve you here, but I made a mistake. What about the good things? Yeah, but God went and still picked you up, and he said, I still have that call in your life, and I'm still going to use you in spite of what you've done. Amen. It accounts for your ability to love when you have the mind of Christ. You look at everybody, and you love with the agape love, the genuine love. That what, 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 what can you do to help that person reach their full potential? When you don't have the mind of Christ, you look at everything out of the fleshly love. You know, some of you just come to church just to hook up. Some of you are like, oh, don't put your head down. We're not taking notes. Amen. It also accounts for your ability to hate. When you have the fleshly mind, you're going to hate. You're going to be mad at people. Oh, that's my seat. Ushers, take them off of my seat. Instead of be happy, it's a new person that came here. They didn't know better. Rejoice, amen, that they're in the house of the Lord. But if you don't have a spiritual mind, you're going to be hating. It also accounts for your ability to feel, your ability to reason, your ability to imagine, to analyze. See, everything we see, hear, and touch, and smell is recorded on the lobes of the brain. It literally sustains your life. And, and the lobes of our brain, it also uh, houses your intuition. Your intuition, the ability to know something without having proof. You know, okay, I got intuition. When you have a spiritual mind, the Lord gives you insight. But also your conscience from what's right and wrong. In the flesh, we know what's right and wrong. Don't touch the fire. It's going to burn you. But when you have the spiritual mind, all of a sudden conviction comes and God starts showing us because we read the word and we pray. He starts showing us, amen, hey, this is wrong. Then also it, it, it sustains, it houses your sexuality. That's why everybody's confused now because they don't have the spiritual mind. Am I a man? Am I a woman? Right? Don't look around. Ain't nobody like that here. Come on now. That's why confusion is there because they don't have the spiritual mind. They're confused on who God created them to be. In Proverbs 23, 7, the NASB says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. So how you think about yourself, that's who you're going to become, basically is what it's saying. If you think you're a man of God, if you think you're a woman of God, guess what? You will be that woman of God. You will be that man of God. Why? Because that's how you see yourself. The degree to which we attain the mind of Christ will determine the quality of life we enjoy. 
Let me say that again. The degree to which we attain the mind of Christ will determine the quality of life we enjoy. Meaning if we have the mind of Christ fully, we're, the quality of our life is going to be the best because he wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. When we train our minds to become like the mind of Christ, we will find ourselves on the way, amen, where, where all of a sudden change is going to be in the way we think. You no longer are going to want to do these things the old man wants to do because now you're connecting with Christ and now you're saying, no, I got the mind of Christ. Amen. I, I need to conduct myself in a certain way. Romans 12, 2, the NLT says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. But look at how it, what it says, by changing the way you think. So how are we transformed into a new person, into a man of God, into a woman of God? By the way we think. And then it says, then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. So it's saying, don't be like the world. He goes on, he says, but let God transform you into the person he created you to be by the changing the way you think. How I many know we got to change the way we think daily, on a daily basis? You're not that that messed up person no more you're not that person that's going to go back and do all those things you used to do you're a man of God you're a woman of God God is working in your life I don't care what condition you are in tonight God is still working in your life see the point of this is simple the pattern of conformity to the world is broken and the person's life is only transformed when the mind is renewed now, whether this renewal of the mind will take place depends on our daily mental discipline. How I many know it takes discipline to have that, that spiritual mind, the mind of Christ? Our thinking may be dominated by the Holy Spirit or the evil one. It's dominated by something. Think about that. Today, was your mind guided by the Holy Spirit, the spiritual mind? Or was it guided by the flesh? Some of you don't want to think, huh? Because you may have a bad day. We make the determination who our mind is guided by. You make that determination. We give permission either to our flesh or to the Holy Spirit. Who are you giving permission to? Think about it. When that girl walked by you, when that guy walked by you, who did you give permission to? The Holy Spirit or the flesh? We exercise the control. Nobody can force you, amen? We, we, we have to understand that our thought life is the real battleground. How many can say amen? It is our thinking that the most basic spiritual struggle takes place. In our thought process. That's why every time you want to do good, guess what? Your mind says, no, you can't. But when we are disciplined in the spirit, then we're going to be able to say, shut up to your flesh. When's the last time you told your flesh to shut up? Think about that. You need to look in the mirror and just say, shut up, flesh. Or like that old song used to say, move flesh, get out the way, get out. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you's got to think spiritual. Come on, man. <laughs> 
See, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the government of the mind is the condition which brings about spiritual transformation at the deepest level of a person's being and determines whether we're holy and pleasing unto the Lord. I want to bring out three basic areas that we need to really concentrate on so that we can have the mind of Christ. Number one, I need to know Christ. In order to have the mind of Christ, how many know you need to know Christ? Some will say, well, I accepted him as my personal savior. Yeah, that, that's fine. But what are you doing now? Knowing Christ means that you have a relationship with him. <clears throat> now, having a relationship with him means you're praying, means you're reading, means you're studying, means you're coming to church. You're here. Those watching our live stream, we thank you. Amen. But I need to know Christ, not know about him. A lot of people know about him. I know he's the miracle worker. I, I know he died for my sins. Amen. But we're talking about knowing him personally where you can say, you know what? I know Christ because he delivered me. I know Christ because he gave me a breakthrough in this area. I know Christ because I was praying for my kids and the Lord brought them back. Amen. A personal experience with Christ. Those who have the Spirit of God can understand the mind of Christ. That's what it said there. In the scripture we open up, it says, But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I don't care where you're at, you have the mind of Christ. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 2.16. Amen is what it said there. But 1 Corinthians 2.14. 2, 2, Amen. But let me, let me go back to 1 Corinthians 2.6. I don't want to get ahead of myself. This is one of the most astounding statements in Scripture that, that me, that you, a mere human being, can have the ability to understand what God is thinking. That's what the Scripture we read, that we understand the mind of Christ. What do you mean? When we get saved, now we have the ability to, to understand what God is thinking? Yes. Some of us are like, man, I, I don't have the mind. That's why you don't understand what God is trying to do. This promise is not made just to anyone, but only to those that know Christ. It says when we know Christ, then we're able to understand the ability. We don't understand everything he thinks, but we understand where he's leading us. Some of you don't understand what God wants for your life because you don't have the spiritual mind of Christ on every single day. And then in a, in a couple of verses earlier, in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, people who aren't Christians can't understand these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them because only those who have the Spirit can understand what the Spirit means. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. See, some of us, we think it's foolish. Oh, God, you can't use me. I'm still struggling. He knows we struggle. You can't hide it from him. It's like, oh, no, he's not. No, he knows. He knows everything about us. And, and, he, and, and he's not worried about whether we're struggling or not. He's worried about whether we're surrendering to him. God, I'm trying to get the mind of Christ, God, but I, I'm struggling over here. Then he says, and spend more time with me. Read my word. Make right choices. Then you're going to develop the mind of Christ. See, to possess the mind of Christ, we begin by knowing Christ through salvation experience. But it doesn't stop there. Once we get saved, he puts that spirit in us. Now we have to develop that spirit that's in us. That leads me to my second point. I need to surrender control. 
In order to get the mind of Christ, amen, we got to surrender control of what we want to do. Too many of us fight with the Lord on, oh, are you sure it's me? Maybe you are prophesy over and you're like, oh, that was meant for the person next to me. They made a mistake. No, they didn't. God knew exactly what he was doing when he said son, daughter, and he called you by your name. And when you ran away, he still brought you back. You need to surrender control. This is probably the biggest hindrance to most people experience a renewed mind. Because we allow many things to control us. Some are allowing sin to control you. You're here. You look good. But on the inside, you don't have the mind of Christ. Right now, you're thinking all kind of crazy stuff. Imagine on the screen if they would show our thoughts. We'd be all messed up, huh? <laughs> be plugging everything for the screen to go off, man. We allow many things to control us. What about our schedules? They control us. Friends, they control you. Are you sure you don't want to go? I don't want to go. Then all of a sudden, they ask you so much, and you know, you go, and then you come back and you complain, I really didn't want to go. Then why did you go? Oh, because, man, they wouldn't take no for an answer. You're letting your friends control you. Culture controls you. Need to have the latest fad of clothes, the latest games. What about peer pressure? Controls the young people, even old people, midlife crisis. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Button up that shirt. Amen. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but for some reason, we have trouble allowing God to control us. We let everything else control us, but now all of a sudden when God wants to control us, uh, we have trouble with that. God, you made a mistake. I wonder how many people came to church today because our ACs work good and it's hot outside. I might as well go to church. It's hot over here, man. I don't want my bill to go up. Let me go to church. See, we need to recognize that someone or something is going to control our mind. And it's up to us to decide who it will be. There's only two choices, our sinful nature or God. Who's controlling your mind, your sinful nature or God? Romans 8, 6, the mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Romans 8, 6. So it's saying if, if we're always functioning, amen, in the sinful, in the flesh, amen, it's going to bring death. That's why some people are dead spiritually. Because that's all your mind thinks about, all, all this fleshly stuff. And, 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 and you don't surround yourself or you don't read your word or you don't pray the way you should pray. You just go through the motions. How many know just because you get down on your knees for 20 minutes doesn't mean you're connecting with God. It can just be a routine. Let me just go here, say a few words, and then let me get up and make my day. When's the last time you actually connected with God? No time limit. You didn't take your phone to prayer. And you just stood there until God spoke to you. And let him put his arms around you and you feel his love. And then all of a sudden you start breaking because he starts saying, son, daughter, I know what you're struggling with. It's okay. Just give it to me. 
When's the last time you've done that? It says the second, it leads to mind controlled by the spirit, leads to a, a life and peace. It means we ain't got to worry. If we have a spiritual mind, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is with us. I may not understand everything that's going on right now here, God, but I got your peace. Yeah, everything may be falling apart right now, God. Everybody may be coming against me, God, but I got the right mind, God, so I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. If you're taking notes, write this down. Until I surrender control of my mind over to the Holy Spirit, I will not be able to possess the mind of Christ. Until I surrender control of my mind over to the Holy Spirit, I will not be able to possess the mind of Christ. When I'm fully surrendered to God, I am able to discern his will and his way. Some of you don't understand what God's doing in your life because you're not fully surrendered to him. You're still still checking it out. God, I'm checking it out. Yeah, I may be in your program, but I'm checking it out. How many know you're going to check yourself right out? (laughs) Because what you're saying is, God, I'm checking it out. I'm not giving 100%. I'm just giving a little bit. You come to church. This is a church, a loving church. I'm checking the church out. No, I mean, when you get your food, I'm checking it out. I'm going to get a little taste. You eat the whole thing. You don't check nothing out. But all of a sudden, we're here and we're in a fleshly mind. We just want to check it out. When you say I'm checking it out, it means you're not giving everything you have to the Lord. So that means you're not surrendering to the Lord. This only works if you give them everything. How many can say amen? That's all it works. Only if you give them everything. Too many times we give 99% and wonder why it's not working. Because you're not giving them everything. I mean, I've been saved over 40 years. And the only reason why I'm here is because I still keep surrendering. In spite of the mistakes I may make. I still learn to surrender. That's the key. Surrendering unto the Lord. And until I surrender to him, I'm not going to be able to understand his will for my life. That's why people come to church and they sit in here and they're here for a while. They feel the call of God, but they don't surrender everything. And it's, man, I don't got, this place ain't for me. So then you want to move somewhere else. No, you didn't plant yourself here. So if you didn't plant yourself, you're not going to grow roots. Until you're fully surrendered, you're always going to be questioning God's intentions for your life. Tell your neighbor, you got to surrender. They didn't hear you tell them, you got to surrender, fool. See, we allow our, our sinful nature to control us most of the week, and we let God take over on Thursdays and Sundays. We cannot hope to obtain and possess the mind of Christ on a part-time basis. Oh, I want victory. I want to go to the next level. Oh, it's church day. I got to pray today. I mean, it's not going to work like that. I'm going to know the devil doesn't work part-time. He works overtime. Why is he working overtime? Because he wants to take you out. If he can't take you out, he wants to get you to compromise. If he can't get you to compromise, he'll let you just sit in the church and be religious. 
And when we're not surrendered to him, we're always going to be torn in between having our way and God's way. God, I want to do your will, God, but I don't have the mind of Christ, so I'm going to do what I want to do. Jesus did that when he was on the Mount of Gethsemane. Remember when he went up there and he said, Lord, not my will be done. Or he said, Lord, if, this, if it's possible, take this cup from me. That's what he was saying. That was his natural mind. But all of a sudden, he was disciplined. He said, wait a minute, I can't function in the natural. I got a purpose. I need to go to Calvary. So what did he say? Lord, not my will, but your will be done. What did he do? He surrendered everything he had for the purpose of what God's called him to do. Too many of us don't surrender everything. We only want to surrender on church days. How many know? Church days, it's easy to surrender. We got the awesome worship team. You walk in, you got the beautiful people smiling, you know. Some smile, some just, I, we got to get Vaseline when you come in and rubbing your teeth, that way you smile, amen. It's easy, you come here, you lift up your hands and worship, the word comes out, boom. But what about when you go home? And you got to go to that job that you really don't like. You got to go fundraise and you really don't like that. What about those days? Are you surrendering everything to the Lord? Because after a while, you're like, oh, I could do this out there. Why am I here? You're here because God's trying to break that attitude from you. Let me go on. Number three, I don't want to make you mad. I need to wage war with evil. I'm going to know the devil's after you. And you got to learn how to fight him. You can't say, stop. Can't do none of that stuff. Too many people, they, they think the devil's there in a red suit, horns, and the pitchfork. That's not the devil. The devil comes in that, that person that, that, that is an unhealthy relationship that you, you're talking to and nobody knows about. That's the enemy because he's trying to get you out. The most fatal battle zone in which Satan wages war is the battlefield of the mind. The last thing he wants for us is to possess the mind of Christ. Romans 7, 23 and 25, the Amplified Bible says, But I see a different law and rule of action in the members of my body, in its appetites and desires, waging war against the law of my mind. He said, the enemy's here, but he's attacking my mind. He says, and subduing me and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is within my members. Verse 24, wretched and miserable man that I am, who will rescue me and set me free from this body of death, this corrupt mortal existence. Verse 25, thanks be to God for my deliverance through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on one hand, I myself with my mind serve the law of God, but on the other with with my flesh, my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity, I serve the law of sin. He's talking about waging war against the law of my mind through images. That's why you got to be careful what you watch. If you got a lust problem, don't be watching that TV that shows all those guys that you're lusting after, all those girls you're lusting after. Oh, I'm, I'm getting hit. No, you're not. <laughs> you got set up by yourself. 
And how many know what words you say? Oh, nothing's going my way. I'm never going to get ahead. That's causing you to doubt God. What does God's word says? It says favor will follow us. We don't have to chase favor. We just got to walk and do God's will. And favor is going to follow us wherever we go. But how many know the devil likes to twist the word? He did it from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Did they know that disobeying God, that, uh, that, that what was going to happen to them? Yeah, because the, the Lord warned them in Genesis 2.17. He says, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. But yet the serpent came in and lied to them and told them, did God say you will surely die? He just doesn't want you to be like him. He twisted the word. How I many know he's good at that? And what did they do? They ate from the tree. But a lot of times, we don't understand the tricks of the enemy. See, they were already like God. They were already in the spiritual realm. Because they said, you will die. They'll die what? They didn't die physically when they ate. But the Bible says they looked at each other and said, hey, we're naked. What happened? They went from the spiritual now to the physical, to the flesh. They used to walk with God. They used to talk with God. They were the spiritual mind. Then all of a sudden, the enemy came in. He twisted the word of God. He got them to fall for it. And now, now, now we're in a place, us, everyone, because of Adam. We battle this flesh. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I have said before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may, may live. See, when we speak to ourselves, what are you speaking? Look in the mirror, oh, I'm struggling. No, you're not struggling. You may go through a season where God is trying to build your faith. Oh, all these people are coming against me. Yeah, God's trying to build stamina in you. He's trying to teach you how to tough it out in spite of what negativity people are talking about. In spite of how they're coming against your character. Just let God handle it. God is our vindicator. Just keep going forward because in the long run, they're going to go back and they're going to say, Wow, he was not like anything. She was not like anything they told me about. Sometimes his attacks are successful, and we give in to his purposes. Anger. I ain't got an anger problem, right? Then you get mad at everybody. You're mad at the dog when you walk out in the morning for work. Oh, shut up, you know. I ain't got an anger problem. There's a story like that on our Friday night fight club, amen. That's another message, amen. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Be sober-minded. Again, the mind. Be sober-minded. And a lot of times, what we don't understand is that, man, what do you mean sober-minded? It means be aware at all times. It means don't let your guard down. Don't let your guard down. If you got to separate from people for a season, separate from them. Don't say, I'm going to win them over. You're not, you may not be strong enough to do that yet. Just let God build you. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war 
as the world does, verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. How many ever read this scripture before? Take captive. How many know what it is to take captive something? Some of you don't want to raise your hand, huh? Because you did time for that, amen? <laughs> it means you, you hold it hostage. But then he didn't stop there. He says, and we have to be ready to punish every act of disobedience. Another word says that we have to kill it. Another translation. So it says everything that comes against the knowledge of God, every thought, take captive. Oh, you're not going to do what God's called you to take it captive. Oh, your kids are not going to get saved. Take it captive. Oh, God's not going to heal you. Take it captive. Oh, I'm never going to get married. Take it captive. So taking every thought captive to obey Christ suggests a filter. To take captive means to trap, seize, control, secure, and conquer. It means to stop those ungodly thoughts. Paul is telling the Corinthian believers and us that we must destroy arguments and opinions raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. He's talking about a filter. Filtering the input that comes into our lives and into our mind is vital importance. Filters. Your air conditioners have filters. Then when they get dirty, your your AC will not work good. Your coffee, you need filters, or else you get all that grain on your teeth when you smile, right? (laughs) The more we think with the mind of Christ and extend his grace towards others, the more we are transformed. So when we take time for godly input to study his word, his words, memorize, meditate uh, on his words, and walk in his ways, we build stronger filters, And when we build stronger filters, we don't let worries, worldly thoughts, emotional uh, things enslave us. You can even call it, we need to put that Jesus filter on. Whatever goes through our mind, we filter it first. Is that going to build my spirit or is that going to build my flesh? The outcome, real quick, three things of having the mind of Christ. Number one, Satan is defeated. When we have a spiritual mind, all of a sudden the devil is not going to be able to have no authority over you because you know who you are in Christ. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. You need to hold on to that. Nothing. What does nothing mean in the Greek? Nothing. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) It means it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. You have the power to overcome it. You have the power to walk with strength still. Nothing. Man, some of you just needed to hear that tonight. Nothing shall hurt you. Nothing. He's saying that we can completely destroy the work of Satan. That means, that doesn't mean we won't be tempted, but it does mean that I'm not going to give in to that temptation. That's what it means, because temptation is going to come, but the choice you make 
is going to determine, amen, where you're at. So number one, Satan is defeated. Number two, guilt is removed. Some of you are walking around guilty. Oh, God, I messed up so many times. And God's like, I forgot that already. Why do you keep bringing it up? Some of you are good giving mouth to mouth to your dead body, right? The Bible says the old man is dead. Why do you bring him back to life? Psalms 19, 13 says, keep me from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. This is David. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. See, David understood that. He was saying, God, I, I don't want to walk around with this guilt. And as a child of God, you shouldn't be walking around with guilt because you understand that when he rose and he, and he died and he rose again, he freed us from that guilt, which was the law. The law freed us. He freed us from law. That's what Galatians is all about, walking in mercy and walking in grace, walking in liberty. That's why Paul was constantly scolding the church because they still wanted, they knew God came back, but the religious people still wanted them to obey the Torah, which is the first six books that Moses wrote of the Bible. And, and Paul was saying, no, he died to get us away from law because law just condemned us. Now we have liberty in Christ. See, God promises us that not only will every sin be wiped out from our record, but that the guilt will go out the door right along with it. And my last point here, God's will is discerned. You know, when we have the mind of Christ, God's will is discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14, the New King James Version says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So what this tells us is when I have the mind of Christ, the more I know God. When I have the mind of Christ, the better I understand God. When I have the mind of Christ, the more I think like God. When I have the mind of Christ, the more able I am to discern his will. With the mind of Christ, I am free to be the person God created me to be. Some of you keep looking at you, down at yourselves. Think that, that you mess up all the time. See, Romans 5.8 says, but God, uh, uh, it says, his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. You know what that saying is everyone stands? That when we were at our worst, he loved us. His love doesn't change now that we're saved and we make mistakes. Oh, God. No, he loves us. Some of you are here today and, and you need to put on the mind of Christ. And it's a, it's a learning experience because we weren't saved in another world and came and said, okay, I know what to do. This is all new and sometimes it's difficult because we can't see God. You know, we can't see him uh, physically. But in the spirit, we can spend time with him because we know he's there. But sometimes this is hard for us to understand, especially when we're going through something. Because you're used to handling it on your own. And your flesh will tell you, handle it on your own. But the mind of Christ will say, come and surrender it to me. Some of you is here tonight, you need to just surrender. You've been running from God. You may not, you're just so confused because you don't understand God because you only want to put the mind of Christ on here on Thursdays and Sundays. You need to put it on every single day, the mind of Christ. I don't know where you're at, amen, but I, I know that God promises from the scripture and he says that we have his mind. 
It's in you. For some, you, you may just have to develop it by reading his word, by standing on his promises, by making right choices. It may be small right now, but it's still in you. That's a good thing. We just have to change the way we do things. We, we got to stop functioning in the flesh and say, God, I need you to just function in the spirit. And that's our daily battle. Maybe some of you just need to be encouraged tonight. And know that you are doing right. You do have the mind of Christ. Everything that's going on around you, he's in control. You just need to learn to surrender to him. Amen. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to open up these altars. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe watching in our live stream, you don't know the Lord. And you say, man, I hear what you're saying. Man, I know when they talk about the love of God, I can feel it in my heart. That means your heart is beating fast. You don't know what's taking on. Your heart just beating fast. That's the Holy Spirit saying, son, daughter, I love you. I died for you. And if you're here and if you don't know the Lord, I want to give you the opportunity. Just by the lifting up of your hand, you say, I, 